Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's around the house. You just collect things. Ooh, I like that. Somebody gave me something. And it's really easy to get stuff collected. And this is something that I'm personally working on right now is getting rid of the collection of stuff. Do I need four huge bins of miscellaneous bolts that's like it came out of a junk drawer? No. Am I better getting rid of a lot of that? Do I really need it? Or am I better just going up the store and buy a, a bolt or two when I need it versus trying to dig through and find something that might work? I might be better off these days to just get rid of that whole thing, send it to scrap metal, and uh, let it live another day into a car or something else that it's made into instead of having two buckets of hardware that I never get to the bottom of. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. Well, this hour is brought to you by Root Quencher and RootQuencher.com. If you have trees, shrubs, bushes that are on a slope or out there that you're wasting a ton of water trying to get water into those roots, Root Quencher is the answer where it puts the water right at the roots. So you don't waste it and you're not putting water where it doesn't need to go. And it's saving you money in the process. And who doesn't want healthier trees and bushes, right? Rootquencher.com. Well, today we're going to talk about an hour one fall projects and things that you should be doing around the house before, you know, later fall and wintertime and the seasons change come in. And these are plenty of projects you can be tackling. You know, the first one I wanted to talk about today is that house painting deck staining, you know. Once uh, we start getting things to cool down just a little bit, where maybe you're not getting into those super hot or super humidity days, those are great times to be house painting or deck staining. Now, deck staining is always a challenge because you don't want it to be too hot. You don't want it to be raining. And again, you want to do it at a time when you're not going to be using it. So, so you know, that's the challenge that you have right there. But first off, the thing that I want you to do is when you're out looking to stain a deck, for instance, is talk to your local paint professional and make sure that you are using the right material for the job. And the level of prep is what's going to happen. So sometimes if you've got a finish that's failing on a deck, you really need to sand it down and strip it. Or if you're going with a solid color over the top, you know, what else do you need to do there? You know, because areas like that, if you're going to repair it for all of you wood deck people out there, you know, those are those are challenges you have. You know, my back deck, I'm going to squeak out just a little more life out of it. So we're just getting ready to uh, to put a solid color stain on it. And I'll be honest, I do not recommend any of the deck saver. And I'm using, you know, air quotes here, guys. But those deck, you know, that have the rubber and the stuff in them and the stuff that's meant to cover up an ugly beat down deck. If you want to get a year out of it, maybe, and do that, follow the directions, and it's good. But just keep in mind, you're not stripping that off of there easily. And when it fails, 
is the time that you have to replace that deck. So it's kind of like your last Hail Mary. Oh, I have a fall barbecue. I need it to last through the winter to look good. And in the spring, I'm going to do it. You know, that's probably your best time to use it. Now, if you're going to be using it for something differently where, uh, oh, I want to do it. And maybe next year I'm going to do something different on it. That stuff doesn't come off easily. And when it fails, it comes off in chunks and it takes wood with it. It's just not a beautiful thing. So be careful with those deck restoration products that are super thick with some texture to them. Um, be careful because once it's on there, you're going to, it's not worth the time to remove it. You're just going to end up putting on a new deck. Now, when it comes to house painting, this is an important one because really you need to really pay attention to the prep and understand the products that you're using. Like many paints out there, I do not trust nor believe in the all-in-one paint and primer. Yeah, does it cover a little bit better? Yeah, probably. Do you still need to put a primer on something where you have adhesion issues or other problems like that? Absolutely. So do not skip a step thinking that you're buying a paint and primer all-in-one. If you need primer, please buy the primer. You will have a better paint job. And you'll have something that works a lot better. So that's another key right there. And prep is the key. You know, that's the difference between a, an expensive paint job and a cheap paint job. The cheap paint job is little prep to no prep. They come on with cheap paint and blow it on and go. Now, the other thing is, is when you're looking at any of these projects, I tend to stay away from certain products. Like on a house, I don't like cheap paint because it doesn't last. It chalks up, it doesn't cover well. And so many times, if you save 15 or 20 bucks a gallon on paint, you're gonna spend that in additional paint because it has less coverage. And so you could have bought the better paint to begin with because it just goes farther. So pay attention to that. And I'm not saying go out and buy the $100 a gallon designer stuff, but stay towards the upper end of the paint company's range and you're gonna be better off. So those are keys right there to taking care of this stuff. Make sure that you've got the right amount of paint, you've got the right coverage, and you've got good enough quality of paint to be working with. If you're dealing with, you know, the brand that's the in their lower end stuff, you're going to have old technology and lower expectations. There's reasons why it's cheaper. And uh, just something to consider, you know, uh, in the in the game of price wars between paint companies, Get, stick with the better product. It's going to last longer and it's going to look like you did a better job. Now, when it comes with, you know, when it comes to decks, pay attention to what works good in your area. For instance, in my area in the Pacific Northwest, Thompson's water seal does not last at all. Um, I've never had it last more than nine to 12 months on a deck before I had to come back. No matter what grade of product, the waxes or whatever they have in there, they just get washed right off here. So it just does not last. So it's a product that I don't recommend here, but maybe in your area it does work. But uh, here where we get a lot of rain and we have a lot of heat, it does not work well. It just absolutely does not hold up. And I've done a bunch of tests with it to see what lasts longer. And you know something? It just doesn't hold up for me. So Understand what works well in your area, what your paint professionals recommend, because there will be stuff that works best in the South versus the North or the Southern States versus, you know, the Northwest. So just understand what works in your zone and kind of your area 
and you'll be much more comfortable with what you have going on. Now, one more important tip as far as painting around the house, make sure that you get out there with some really good caulking and do all the caulking and prep work. Make sure every little piece is sealed up. Make sure that it's sealed around all the trim and the windows and doors and all that stuff. Get that all dialed in. It's going to make for a better looking paint job as well as it's going to give you that durability and really stop that air infiltration and places that water can get in and water will always cause damage if it's getting in there. So make sure that you've got that stuff all sealed up and ready to go. And when it comes to quality caulking, you need to find the good stuff. This is not something you want to use the cheap painter's caulk. I like using the Sashco branded stuff. Uh, what is that? Big stretch. That stuff works really well and you can put it on there and it's going to last a long time. So that uh, whatever works well in your climate, use it, but uh, stay away from the inexpensive stuff because you want to do this once. And as well as when you're staining that deck, take a look around, poke around, do an inspection, make sure the framing is right because if you have to tear up a few boards, now's the time to do it. One little quick trick too, you can jump online and grab a deck inspection form and walk around and make sure that you're not missing something, but make sure that you've got all the right brackets, fasteners, if things are nailed together, that is always my first thing that I go, uh-oh, what's going on here? Now, it's okay if you're using Simpson brackets and Simpson nails, but to me, one of the worst case scenarios is where that uh, rim joist uh, is got the deck plate nailed to it and uh, there's no screws. So I want to see everything on that deck that is structural using either structural nails or when it's fastened to the building that you needs to have, uh, you need to have some lag bolts there and uh, have that built correctly. And there's even some other bolts that go through where you can attach it differently. So make sure that you're following building code in your area and that you've got that deck overbuilt on the structure while you're doing that stuff. Because if you got to pull up stuff and replace it, now is the time to do it. Don't go anywhere. We got more fall projects just as soon as Around the House return. Don't change that dial. the around the house show this is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education i've been talking about fall projects today but first i wanted to get you lined up here on a couple things first off if you want to find out more about the show head over to aroundthehouseonline.com has all the information about the radio show the podcast or even the television show and if you're missing the television show head over there to catch our videos uh, last week we went out and hit leatherman tools and these are made in usa handcrafted and we show the entire process. It has been a hot video this last week. Something to take a peek at and enjoy. Well, today we've been talking about fall projects. And another one that is just a good idea is to pop up on that roof or bring somebody in that is an expert to double check that roof to make sure it's going to hold up through the winter time. It doesn't matter if you're in Florida or, the, or you know in the south where hurricanes can come in to uh, up in the northeast or west coast where snow could be an issue it's a great time to make sure that everything's dialed in for winter and if it's sunny and warm and nice outside and you're kind of getting past the extra extra hot heat it's not a bad time to get up and look around it so 
If you're a homeowner and you're comfortable on your roof and it's a safe place to be, you know, uh, another tip that's great too, is if you're going to go up on your roof and you're a DIYer, and I'm going to be doing this here shortly. It's something that I'm going to be working on is I'm going to be putting in a harness system up there where I can tie off every time I go up there. It's going to be a much safer situation for me because I've got some roof, uh, sections that are really easy. I've got some that are a little steeper and boy, it'd be sure nice to be able to tie off on it and be a little safer. And it meets a lot of the OSHA codes out there as well. So I'm going to create some places where I can tie off and uh, be a much smarter homeowner to be able to do that. So good time to get up there and take a look at that roof and get it dialed in. Make sure that it's maintained. If it's got moss or something on it, or if you've got um, stuff in the gutters, good time to get it all cleaned out and ready to go. Now, here's one that is a big one that I wanted to talk more about. And you start looking at it, building a storage shed and getting rid of clutter. Now, clutter is something that unless you're moving every couple of years, for most people, it's a battle. You just collect things. Ooh, I like that. Somebody gave me something. And it's really easy to get stuff collected. And this is something that I'm personally working on right now is getting rid of the collection of stuff. You know, do I need four huge bins of miscellaneous bolts. It's like it came out of a junk drawer. No. Am I better getting rid of a lot of that? Do I really need it? Or am I better just going up the store and buy a a bolt or two when I need it versus trying to dig through and find something that might work? I might be better off these days to just get rid of that whole thing, send it to scrap metal and uh, let it live another day into a car or something else that it's made into instead of having, you know, two buckets of hardware that I never get to the bottom of. So getting rid of that clutter is big. And another one is, is getting rid of that storage unit. Oh my gosh. You know, and we've talked about this in in previous episodes, but just in a nutshell, taking what that storage unit is. And after a year or two, you probably have spent more on storage than the value. Is that stuff even worth that much? So that's another thing, you know, getting rid of clutter, cleaning it up, leaves for a healthier environment, because guess what? You don't have all that junk laying around that you have to dust. And uh, getting rid of other stuff can be good. Donate it to your favorite charity if you don't like it or if you need some extra space. But do you really need to keep it is always the battle. And uh, for me, I've got to keep a lot of stuff because I need it for TV show stuff for, a, uh, you know, I'll have a faucet, for instance, and I'm like, oh, I want to get rid of it. Well, I do need that as a demo piece for another project coming up. So I have almost got need to create a, a storage shed for just my stuff for the television show, which is kind of important. So these are things to consider, but I tell you what, having some space and uh, not having your storage jammed to the hilt all the time is worth the extra time. So clean out that clutter, build a storage shed. You don't have to go down to the home center and buy one. If you want to build your own, uh, building materials are back up a little bit. Uh, You know, when I see the, the sheets of OSB here in the United States get above 20 bucks, that's when I start going, oh man, our lumber prices are up again. But, um, you know, these are things to keep an eye out on. But I think that really, you know, building a shed and uh, creating that space and building it right can be a much more smarter solution. Sometimes those cheapy sheds, especially the metal ones, can be be not as durable. So these are things that uh, if you want it to look like the house, spend the time and build it. It's a great way to learn your DIY skills of building. So you can jump online and get some free plans or buy some plans, make something that looks like the house. And it's a nice addition. And always make sure that you check with your local utilities, your easements. Make sure that you can put this shed on a place that makes sense. 
for you and that you're not cutting off utility easement to anybody else. Um, I've seen some issues where people build these beautiful sheds and the utility comes in and goes, hey, you built that over a right away. So now uh, or you built it under our power lines or whatever. And then you've got issues. So understand where those are. And sometimes if you're good, you can put these in a spot where you have now created some privacy. You can make that shed be your own privacy screen. So you're, uh, you know, maybe you put the hot tub on the other side of it. You can do a lot of things with this to make it work out well for you. But, um, you know, put it in the right location where you have access as well as if you want to screen something off, it uh, can be a dual use project for you, especially with that. Now, this time of year is another one. Here's another great tip for you here that is uh, a fun one. Driveway repair. Now is the time to really get after this before the weather turns. And again, this is one of those things that uh, I always recommend, you know, whether we're coming into. It's a great time to fix those potholes if you've got an asphalt driveway or if you have a longer driveway or if it's concrete to, to seal things up, get it taken care of, get those repairs done. These days, there is, if you've got a broken up driveway and it's got a couple extra cracks in it, there are some great skim coat products that you can use out there that are drivable or uh, even that walkway coming up to the house, just a little bit of curb appeal. There are some great products and we're going to do a shoot here one of these days with the Artex. I'm going to skim coat my exposed aggregate walkway coming up to the house. It's a little dated. I don't like the exposed aggregate because it's always dirty and it's always showing the moss and the mildew and things like that. So this is one of those things that you want to make sure you get it taken care of. And uh, a good skim coat can last a number of years on these before you have to go through and replace it. Now, that's assuming that you've got a good base, things aren't moving around. Um, but even if it's got a couple pieces that you need to attach together, what I have done is come in and use uh, foundation staples. And what these are is, uh, think of a, of a carbon fiber bar with two little tiny round dumbbells at the end. And you can actually fasten those broken pieces together. So they're all the same and then do the skim coat over the top and you've got now things tied together so they don't move. And then the skim coat makes sense because now you're filling that in and making it work. So a uh, little bit of carbon fiber or epoxy and those, you can really tie things in together and make it so you have a, a brand new looking driveway if you're not careful without having to tear it out and make it look right. And it's not going to be as good as a brand new driveway, but I tell you what, you can really clean that up. Now, the other thing is, if you're going to be actually working on it, you're trying to flip it and you're, uh, you know, trying to move on to your next house, this can be an also good thing that you can go through and, uh, and get that skim coated and looking good. And the new homeowners, you won't have to feel bad if you do it right, because it'll get a number of years before they have to replace it. So uh, skim coating can be a great way and you can add color to it. Um, I've had people come in and seen them do uh, stamping on top of it. There's a lot of different ways to do this to make it look absolutely beautiful. And we're in the weather where we can still do it because things aren't too crazy in most areas. Around the house, we'll be right back after these important messages. Don't go on. Around the house show where I help you get the most out of your home through information or education. 
Well, today we've been talking about those fall projects that you should be tackling and uh, kind of getting ready for fall, even though we're still on summer. But, uh, you know, there's kids going back to school in some areas already. And it's really just depending on what's going on in your neighborhood. And speaking of that, we're going to talk about uh, kind of those seasonal changes for where you're at here in a second. But uh, I wanted to I wanted to kind of go on a little rant here for a second because I just got off the phone with a buddy who's a contractor of mine. And I tell you what, it has been a challenge out there. I am seeing so many different contractors struggling with many of the siting companies and window companies about not getting them the proper information to do the install. I was just with him on the phone on a major manufacturing website for, you know, um, eh, it's a brand we all know. Let's leave it at that. Not here to bash on a specific company, but it's just something that needs to happen out there. We've got to really get some of this stuff straightened around. Companies, please take your time and make it so that you create information that we can consume. And I had to go to the inner depths of this website to find installation instructions that should have been one click away with the product. I mean, if I go look on the product and I'm a contractor, and I dive in and say, okay, I'm going to look at siting A. If I have to make more than four or five different clicks to get to the installation instructions, put it right there where everybody can see it. Make it easy to find. Make it so you got the people putting it in correctly. And I'm seeing that more and more where they're, they're hiding that information on their websites. Uh, so any of you guys out there listening that are tuning into the show, Please make your information easy to consume for us because there's no excuse to make it six or eight clicks deep on a website and getting lucky to find information. I should be able to find it right on the brochure page or whatever. If you're showing off the features and benefits of the product, put a button right there that says uh, installation instructions or installation specs so the product can get used correctly and installed correctly. So uh, there's my little rant of the day. We've been talking fall projects here. And one thing we were starting to talk when we went to break was driveway repair. It's a great time to recoat that driveway. Doesn't matter if it's concrete and you want to put some sealer on it or if it's going to be a uh, driveway that's asphalt that you need to seal, whatever. It's a good time to do that here as the, the high temperatures start to dial back just a little bit in many places. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that uh, it's a good time to do it. So seal up the driveway, all the cracks, get that stuff taken care of. So um, now here's the next one here, which is really good. Getting your house ready for those seasonal changes. You know, for many in the U.S., that means, hey, we're cruising into hurricane season and we've got to make sure that our house is ready for hurricanes. Maybe it's uh, like here on the West Coast where we're getting ready for rainy season for me. You know, in the summertime, we don't see rain for a few months, and it's a good time to get those dry projects done so you can get that. And then, um, so just be ready. You know, what can you do to make your house, you know, ready for the change of weather? And that always leads to a good project or two out there. And uh, many times that's like taking your uh, gutters and making sure that those downspouts don't drain right next to the foundation. Yeah, that's a huge one. That's how you get foundation damage. No matter where you're at in the country, making sure that that goes down into a storm drain system, which is maybe ABS pipe that's underground that goes, you know, 10, 12, 16 feet away from the foundation and then downhill away from the house, making sure that you've got those water issues under control. 
Now, you know, this is, of course, different across the country, but this is really where you can spend that time. Now, this is also the time that I want you to call your HVAC system professional, have them come in and do the tune-up. You know, if you've got heating and cooling, I would make sure you've got that service contract so you can have a company that comes out and gets that thing dialed in once or twice a year. Listen to them. They will tell you what they think the uh, what they think those intervals should be. If you're in the South where it's you're using AC most of the time, guess what? That, that AC system probably needs to be maintained a couple times a year. If you're switching over to heat, making sure that those are working back and forth as well. Those are all important things to make sure they're dialed in. So make sure you've got that HVAC system ready to go and tuned in. And that is just one of those things that uh, those are such great preventive maintenance things. You can catch things before they break. That keeps you from having a service call that's insane out there. And nobody wants to pay for expensive service calls, especially on a Sunday night where you're paying double time or triple time or whatever to get people out there. It always seems that's the time that that stuff breaks. It's never right when the service guy is coming over or something. So Make sure you've got that dialed in. Now, another one here that I think is really good to get on the phone, and I just did this and realized that I had some problems. And and let's talk about insurance for a minute here. And this is something that I'm going to put in your fall project list because it's something you should take a look at. Can you build your house for what it costs today? Can you replace it if you were to have a catastrophic event? Is your stuff covered? I have been buying online with one of the major national companies, and then I brought it to an agent who's a buddy of mine, and he said, wow, you have the complete wrong insurance on your automobile, and uh, you're better on your house, but you really need to get this stuff dialed in. And I didn't realize how bad my insurance coverage was on certain things. So we've got that dialed in, um, getting that taken care of. Uh, He's doing a great job. Uh, plus I'm getting more coverage for better money. So having somebody eyeball my stuff is super important. And, uh, I think that's important stuff to make sure that you're covered because, uh, whether or not you've got the right coverage, you know, for a flood, which means some water overflowed someplace and came into your house from the outside versus a pipe break inside your house, which we know is not a flood that is water damage. So making sure that you have the right coverages for everything. And if you've got something like I have expensive tools, making sure that I've got the coverage for that. Do I have a writer for my tools? Do I have a writer for my other stuff? Collections, art, jewelry. What are you covered with? Make sure that's dialed in. So right now is a great time to spend the time and get that stuff taken care of and make sure you're ready to go. And that's, uh, that's an important one. Now, another one that I think is equally as important is testing that indoor air quality. Where are you at? If it's summertime, we're spending a lot of time outside, you know, doing stuff out in the heat, you know, and, and fall can be that same. But this is a good time to get that air testing done. So uh, run some air tests on the inside and the outside of your house. See if there's mold. See if there's issues. Now's a great time to do it. You know, now's a, a perfect time to make sure that your air quality inside is exactly what it you want it to be. And it can be a lot of things. It could be, uh, you know, your particulate matter, which is like your PM 2.5. If you've got pets with dirt and dust, that can be an issue. Uh, or it could be the uh, the different stuff. I was talking with uh, my friend Caroline Blazowski, former co-host here of the show. And she was talking about, um, you know, people out there, a common problem that we're seeing is in the prepper community that we're seeing issues 
where they're bringing all these things inside your house to store that would be used later, but they're off-gassing stuff and it's leading to hazardous air quality inside your house because there's so, so much stored produced things that are off-gassing. So be very careful with what's happening because all of a sudden you could have these numbers that are off the roof and that's why you want to test it to make sure that everything's good. So air testing is king. Make sure you're good. And the cool thing is, is that if you get mold or, or like sewage gases or something that comes up, you can actually start to track it down. And so if you've got a high mold content inside, but it's not high outside, then maybe you've got a problem that you haven't located yet and it's time to catch it or track it down. You know, many times I see mold in the walls from where uh, a really poor window company came in years before and put in two or three windows in a house and didn't seal them upright. And now there's mold inside the wall cavity because there's been water going down in there and nobody had any difference. You know, nobody had any idea what was going on. So these are all things that you can do that uh, to really test and make sure that you've got a safe environment for you and your family. So air testing inside and out. Uh, and actually, you can get a hold of Caroline over there at uh, My Healthy Home. She's got it as well over there for air testing. All right, we come back. We got more fall projects just as soon as Around the House returns. Don't go anywhere. information and education. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, if you haven't caught the television show, that is Around the House Northwest, shown right here in the Portland, Oregon market. You can catch it over on YouTube. Just head over to kptv.com and take a look at their YouTube page or just go youtube.com and go kptv Fox 12. Look for the Around the House banner and you can find it in the playlist. And then we've got over 100 videos over there that are uh, jam-packed full of stuff like last weekend. We had, um, it was so fun. We went out to uh, Leatherman Tools and uh, that video has been taken off and going viral, which has been great. Well, today we've been talking about those fall projects, stuff you should be doing around the house before we get into winter. And another one is an important one is to make sure you're dialed in, that you've got everything insulated and ventilated. Now, many new homes were seeing some problems in the garages. We've talked about it last year. And I want to talk about it again here real quick. That if you've got a brand new house with an attached garage and the inside's all been insulated and you've got a nice insulated garage door and everything's good, when you pull that, that car in, whether it's an electric car or a gasoline or a diesel, that thing is going to be, if it's wet, you pull that wet car in the garage, it's drying off, you've got extra high humidity. I have seen in the rainy seasons, people get all the stuff, just mold everywhere inside their garage. So when you have that brand new home, make sure that they've put in ventilation. Make sure that they've got either an ERV or some kind of ventilation in there, like a bath fan that gets that air out of there that is uh, based on humidity. So you'll be able to get that taken care of. Now, as far as ventilation, I am not a fan of powered fan, you know, attic fans. I think they, in most cases, uh, create more problems than they're worth. Because what happens is, is people go in and replace a roof vent, put one of those in, and then they end up sucking the cold conditioned air out of the house because they didn't open up enough ventilation in the eaves 
for that or a soffit vents. And so all of a sudden they're pulling conditioned air out of the house and it's costing them more money to run than it was before. So be very careful with what you're doing on ventilation, especially with powered attic ventilation, that uh, you need to make sure that you are able to make up that CFM when you turn it on. If that's a 800 CFM fan, where is that 800 CFM fan pulling from? You don't want it to be the conditioned space because that just means you're going to have to fight that all the time. So make sure that you've got uh, many times when I see people put in powered vent fans in their attic to cool it down is I want to see them go through and basically create a uh, a non, I don't want to see that air coming from the conditioned space up. So I want to have that basically hermetically sealed between the conditioned space and the attic space. So when you're pulling air, you're pulling it from the uh, vents and not from the conditioned space, because uh, like I said earlier, that's that's a bad recipe for mistakes. So really think about having good ventilation, where maybe you've got uh, wide open soffits and wide, wide open ridge, and you've got air moving through there and swap it out. And uh, that way you've got a, a cooler attic space, which can lead to, well, quite frankly, more cooler house and uh, more energy efficient. So that's a good one to fight. If you can handle that, you're going to be much better off. Now, here is one that can be a pretty nasty task, and it's something that's on my to-do list for this next year, and that is cleaning out that crawl space or basement. Now, in many cases, you know, 60 to 80% of your air is coming up through those because heat rises, so a lot of that temperature that you have in that air or the air in your crawl space ends up wifting up through the floor into your home. And that is why that you see in many times, you know, if you walk into an old house and they've had cream carpet for a long time, you'll see the dirt where the the cream carpet is darker around the walls. That's not because of the carpet cleaners missed it. Nope. That is because you have air coming around uh, through the base of those walls coming up around the carpet and the carpet is turned into your filter medium. And that is all air coming up from that dirty crawl space or basement. So these are things that you should really take a look at. So what I want to see is in a crawl space, I want to make sure that you've got proper ventilation and that you've got six mil plastic down or greater that is uh, seamed and taped and everything is looking good down there. If you are going to be uh, encapsulating that crawl space, then you need to seal it up and then have a dehumidifier installed and really have that hermetically sealed up where no moisture is coming through, and then you're just trying to get rid of the trapped moisture that's in there. So that needs to be all taped and sealed up and no vents or things like that. So making sure that you get that taken care of can be really helpful in eliminating dust and allergens inside your home with a crawl space. It's a big deal. So make sure you get that dialed in and you can keep that bad air down where it's supposed to be and not up around your house, making a mess out of your stuff. Now, If you've got a basement, awesome. Make sure that you've got that humidity under control down there and you don't have any cracks or you don't have any um, really places that water is starting to seep through. So really pay attention. If you've got cracks, mark them on the wall to make sure you see if they're moving or not and uh, make sure that you get those repaired sooner than later. You can't do it too soon. If you've got some cracks that need to be fixed, now is the time to do it and get that dialed in. It's not that hard to get it figured out. And that can be a DIY project. I have seen people that are handy do their own foundation repair projects like that when they get the right tools. Now, if you're, you know, 
almost contractor level, absolutely you can do it. If not, you can hire a foundation professional to come out. But like we talked about in earlier episodes, before you hire that foundation expert, if you're going to do that, make sure that if you've got cracks and things like that, that uh, I'm going to say it again, even though I said it a few weeks ago, make sure you bring the uh, structural engineer out first, write the report on what the plan should be. You will have to pay that person, but then hit up all the other foundation companies with, here's my engineering report. I need you to fix it. What is your best, most cost-effective way to fix it? And let them tell you what that is and lean on the the structural engineer to tell you what needs to happen. So that is the key right there. And these are great things. And again, like I've said earlier, don't be afraid of having to jack your house up, put another foundation under it. It's rare. Rarely do you have to do that unless you're moving the house. Um, Generally speaking, you can do any of those foundation repairs without having to jack the house up and while you're still living in it. Now, you can't live in the house when they're jacking it up. You're almost better to dig down if you need to add some square footage or some height to that ceiling. You can dig down and do it that way. And again, that's just something that you talk to your structural engineer, get things dialed in, have the plan, and then get a quote for people to implement that plan for you. So uh, many times, even on some horribly failed foundations, we just poured a new interior foundation. And that was something that solved it. And there's so many new admixes out there for concrete where you can add stuff in that makes it waterproof and things like that. So you don't get that humidity coming through it. It's almost like a closed cell concrete where stuff won't go through it. So there's a lot of different things you can do out there. And uh, even though uh, we've had to do some interior foundations on projects before, and even though you lost maybe a foot or so on the inside space, it's totally worth it because you didn't have to jack the house up and you could live in it during the time. And that's a pretty good solution for that. So um, as with any repair, make sure you get on it sooner than later. If you ignore foundation issues, you're going to have to pay more later for them to get that fixed. So that's a good one right there. And now's the time too, if you're going to be doing any uh, minor kitchen remodels and stuff, since we are in barbecue season, it makes a lot of sense to be able to do the kitchen stuff right now because you've got a few months left in many cases, a barbecue season out there. So um, if you're trying to get your kitchen done before Thanksgiving, if you don't have cabinets on order right now, I'd be concerned. Um, and make sure that you're knowing how stuff is getting to you as well on any of these projects. With um, Yellow Freight going into bankruptcy, that is going to rock the shipping world on the LTL or the less than load, you know, one of the trucking companies like that. So we're going to see some shortages for a while. Anytime that you take one of the major trucking companies and eliminate them from the marketplace here in the United States, we know that that's going to be an issue. So uh, make sure you plan for that. Don't start that remodel project until all the pieces are in hand. I think that we're going to start seeing some of these things uh, shipping across country. Uh, I think we're going to be in a hurting spot here for a little bit until these other companies can get those trucks bought, until they can get those other yellow freight employees hired and brought on. Because uh, there was a lot of yellow trucks that were showing up at home centers and other things like that. And uh, now they're having to use other companies that were already busy. And so anytime we lose one of the big three of the shipping companies, it's going to be a problem for us. So expect for the next four to six months, some shipping issues. Um, It's just like I saw that uh, big fire down uh, this last week at Sherwin-Williams at one of their factories. And uh, they had some explosions and stuff. You're going to see probably... Since it was flammable, uh, and again, I'm making a guess here, but I'm going to guess some Sherwin-Williams problems are going to happen. Probably more on their commercial side because their commercial side has um, 
more flammable materials than what the uh, residential, you know, latex paint does. So, but uh, again, these are things that you should plan for. Make sure you have all those building materials on site before you start the project. So that way you can start it and finish it and not be waiting on parts. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning in to Around the House, hour number one, hour number two. If you're a dog owner, this one is for you. We're going to talk about dogs and some new technology just as soon as Around the House returns. Stop going Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.